Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education, presented by Emma O'Doher and Tom Breeze. Episode 7, Tax Facts, with HMRC and Cameron Stewart. Hello everyone and a warm welcome back to the podcast and uh, while we've had a very wide range of guests from education, academia, all kinds of areas of endeavour, I think we might be breaking new ground this time Emma. We might be and um, I think it's important to mention that whilst we have a curriculum, we obviously have classroom practitioners who are the main sort of deliverers of teachers of the curriculum we also benefit from working very closely with outside sort of external organizations who really augment the curriculum that help us as teachers to expand the curriculum really and cover things that are of real importance to our young people that we're working with and um, we have two guests one in person one who's coming to us down the line today from HMRC His Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Yes, and do you know what when I, I was preparing the audio clip for this I had a bit of a jump when the man said the narrator said His, His. Majesty's Revenue and Customs I thought thank goodness I would have said that wrong. I know I know I had to uh, I had to check myself before I did. So a warm welcome to our two guests. We ought to um, let them introduce themselves to you. Yes, so we've got down the line from Newcastle, from what I, am I right in thinking is the HMRC mothership, Heather Hughes? Yes, I think it probably is our largest office. That's right. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us from your office up in uh, Newcastle. And thanks for persevering with some of our technology issues. We hope we're going to be able to keep you all the way through to this. And we've got Amy Healy, who's joined us here in Cardiff. Hello, thank you for having me. It's very nice to be here in person. It's very nice to have you in person as well. And uh, thanks for coming over from Bristol today. So, Heather, do you want to tell us a little bit about what your role is up there in Newcastle and, and how you've ended up doing what you're doing? Um, so this is a volunteer role for me and I uh, coordinate our um, our ambassadors who go out into local schools and uh, talk about tax to young people and children um, across quite a broad age range and I, I join up schools with ambassadors and um, help them to facilitate those sessions. And what about you Amy, tell us a little bit about your role. Thank you. Well, I work centrally in HMRC's social sustainability team. We are a small team working with the 65,000 staff that HMRC have across the UK. And we centrally run and manage TaxFax, which is HMRC's curriculum-linked tax education programme. And we work with our amazing group of TaxFax ambassadors, of which Heather is one of our brilliant coordinators, going out to schools and either working with teachers or running the sessions themselves in in classrooms and other educational environments. Okay, so we're going to start, I think, with Amy, who's going to tell us a little bit about this whole suite of resources that I don't think any of us knew existed. So this is the chance to put it out to an audience. Tell us about Tax Facts. Thank you so much. Um, So Tax Facts, as I said, is HMRC's a curriculum linked tax education program and it's really about giving young people and children a really gentle introduction into the tax system and what what is tax the role it plays in society and then also the role that HMRC plays as part of that it's actually been going since 2015 but last 
October time, we refreshed all of the materials and relaunched it out. And pleased to say it's going brilliantly since we've done that. It's actually made up of two different 45-minute lessons. And the two different sessions are actually just aimed at different age groups. So we have Junior Tax Facts, which is for around 10 to 13 year olds and actually I would say within that we break down the activities to make them more age appropriate and then we have tax facts which is aimed at older secondary age uh, young people age 14 to 17 and like I said it's about introducing children and young people to the tax system and I mean with junior tax facts it very much is what is tax and then helping young people understand you know, how they are as a citizen of the UK, how they contribute through paying tax to support really vital services that are important to them, their family, the community they live in, and the whole of, of the UK. Whereas tax facts uh, for the 14 to sort of 17 year old, that's more around some more sort of practical life information around tax. So a lot of those age groups will maybe be starting their first weekend job or holiday job. And it's about how you pay tax through employment or if you then become a business owner or run your own business and and self-assessment. So it's about sort of preparing that really sort of first step into what tax is, why you pay it and why it's really important and what it then delivers in terms of all of the different services uh, that benefit from, from the tax system. Should we have a little listen to the opening of your tax facts then, in which uh, a soothingly Welsh-sounding narrator <laughs> tells is. us all about the, the basics of tax. What is tax? You might not have heard of His Majesty's Revenue and Customs, or HMRC, as we're usually called, but you'll have been affected by what we do. This is because our work has an impact on every single person and business in the UK. Each year we collect more than 600 billion in taxes. The government uses this money to save and improve the lives of people in the UK, in different ways. Taxes are used to fund the health service, fight crime and defend our country. They are also used to build schools and colleges, tackle poverty and to pay benefits to people who need them. So we've got some really interesting resources there, but I'd like to sort of get into how you work closely with schools, because I would imagine that there's a bit of a spectrum of teachers who are really confident in delivering this sort of material and those who might be incredibly daunted by the prospect. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how you forge that relationship, how that works with schools on the ground. Absolutely. Well, there's two ways that TaxFax is delivered to young people and children. First of all, all of the resources are downloadable from gov.uk and a couple of other um, different sites. And a teacher can download and self-serve and we have all of the information that's required. So there's a lesson plan, there's guidance, there's a downloadable lesson PowerPoint with everything linked in it, as well as all the activity sheets and even some homework if they want to, if teachers want to send their, their pupils home with things. But the other side is that people like Heather go out into schools and either run the sessions themselves or with a teacher and deliver it as a member of HMRC. And actually, that's a really lovely thing to do because it helps 
the organisation, build relations with the communities of which we have 65,000 staff across the UK and 14 regional centres and then smaller offices across the UK. And so it's a really nice way to sort of demystify HMRC and actually put a nice face to the organisation and actually help that sort of process of starting a person's relationship with with the organisation. And Heather, you know, you've you're there delivering sessions in schools um you know you work with teachers directly um is there anything you wanted to add as well um, just what a, a pleasure it is for us to be able to, to go into schools and how much I personally have enjoyed uh, visiting schools, delivering the sessions and joining up ambassadors with teachers, you know, and, and seeing how much the children have benefited from the sessions um, across the board, you know, fantastic feedback um, from all age groups and from the teachers as well as the students. And I'm curious to know, Heather, are there any sort of common challenges that the young people bring to the fore or any um, sort of light bulb moments that commonly tend to happen when you bring this this important material out into schools? I think for the youngest children, it's understanding that what actually pays for the things that they that are actually around them while you're delivering the session, like their teacher in the schools, and you know, and then things like hospitals and armies and the army rather, and you know, all of those sort of things, and where the money comes from, how it's generated, who collects it, you know, not this faceless organisation, but actually. The people standing in front of them represent part of the government that collects this money um, and it sort of brings it right home to them, you know, it really helps them to understand the connection. And for the older children, going right up to year 12 um, and the sort of 17-year-olds, um, it, it's things like, um, where do I get my national insurance number? You know, when will that arrive? What do I need to look out for when I'm getting my first job? How can I make sure that the person I'm working for is responsible and paying, you know, the, the tax and national insurance that's due, if, if any, um, on my behalf? You know, I think there's some important and tips built in there for starting their first job also all sorts of little light bulb moments like that it's kind of interesting to think i mean i have fond memories of delivering a, a b-tech level three module for the music uh, program about being a freelance and i remember going down the rabbit hole of kind of being a sole trader and tax returns and stuff like that and actually the discussion gets political quite quickly you know that <laughs> whether your your students sort of feel that they shouldn't be handing over their money to the government. You know, you get some strangely kind of right-wing students uh, and then you get some some who are very much kind of in favour of it. I'm just curious, Heather, I mean, does this thing kind of tip over from, from maths and, you know, applied maths and numeracy into politics very often for you? And what happens then? There has been a, an element of that, but it's been quite limited, to be fair. They're normally more interested in how it affects them personally, probably because of the age groups we're dealing with. Um, you know, sometimes the teachers might try and generate more of a political discussion, but that, that's for them to take away and to progress after we leave, really. Um, we're, we're there to teach them the facts and to help them um, to find their way in the world of work. That's how I see our role with the older children. I'd just like to come back to something you mentioned, Amy, that I think you said it was October that you needed to do a refresh. And just based on what Heather said there as well, that, you know, there's perhaps a hope that these materials aren't just going to be a one-off thing. It's going to sort of gain its own traction and go somewhere else, that the teachers, the young people are going to take it a bit further. So what is the hope um, that, you know, these educational sort of interventions, as it were, are going to do for the young people that you're working with and their families? Well, 
in the first instance, it is about that introduction into the tax system, but also helping young people realise how they can interact with HMRC. So, you know, people will automatically think to call, but actually it can often be a lot quicker for people to go on gov.uk or download the app to get the information that they need. So I suppose it's about encouraging young people to understand the best way they can engage and interact. And also, as I sort of said about demystifying HMRC as an organisation and actually we are just those you know friendly smiley lovely people that um, are doing a trying to do the best job so I think it's that's that's a big part of it and um, to kind of circle back to the question about the the politics side it, not so much politics being pushed in a in a session but in junior tax facts one of the last activities is a really lovely one where they say we go out to the class and say you're chancellor for the day you decide which gets the biggest pot of money and then groups of 10 year olds will have a little debate over no nurses deserve the most money schools interestingly museums are often picked as the lowest because they hadn't even connected the dot that the government could support and fund museums and so it actually is helping young people to start to decide what's important to them and that's really powerful and that's you know just an added bonus of of um tax facts but actually it's bringing back the fundamentals and bringing that line between you pay tax and what it's contributing towards and that's so important because that can sometimes be lost when you look at your pay slip or you're paying your self-assessment and you just see a big chunk of money you're actually contributing to so many amazing things that we don't even think about. Like Heather said, that light bulb moment. Oh my goodness, paying tax means that this school exists. And that, you know, is quite powerful, I think. So, um, and in terms of the timing, it had been going for seven years when we relaunched the materials and we just wanted to make it more up to date and refresh it and years of working on it it was about making sure that we've learned what worked what didn't and actually how we could make it even more impactful and easier for teachers particularly to deliver in the classrooms if they don't have a tax fax ambassador with them and as a kind of national organization a uk organization i suspect this is a question for you amy but heather do feel free to jump in if you've got anything on this and um, you're dealing with a, a nation where education has been devolved and so you've really got three different education systems that you're serving i mean there's a very particular education landscape over in england which is very very different to the one over here in wales where we've got a new curriculum and up in scotland you've got curriculum for excellence how have you managed to uh, serve all three? Well, I can't take any credit for it. It's the wonderful team who helped redevelop it last year. So we worked with educational experts from across the, the nations to make sure that it fitted across key stage two, three and four across all the nations. So there's PSHE or PSE, citizenship, and then the curriculum of excellence that it sort of fits in directly. But Heather, actually, you were saying that you were invited to go and deliver tax facts to an A-level economics um, class recently. And so actually, it does fit across so many different areas, um, which is fantastic because it shows that actually we can make sure it fits for everybody and anybody, uh, depending on the needs of the class and the school and, and the teacher and the students that are in the classroom. And I would imagine there's an important bilingual aspect to your work as well. Absolutely. So all of the resources are downloadable in both English and Welsh. We have a, a Welsh speaking unit that have been absolutely brilliant at helping us make sure that it's completely fit for purpose for every young person and child in the UK and every teacher. This is possibly one for Heather now, having been out and about in schools. We've had a few 
mathsy kind of episodes here on the podcast and I, I mean I'm, I'm kind of characterizing this as a mathsy episode but as, as you say there's probably a lot more subjects this this fits into I guess the two things that we know as as education people about maths are firstly that it can be a bit of a tough sell to some people it can cause real anxiety you know maths anxiety is a thing people are absolutely terrified of maths sometimes and also that it's one of those subjects that has a little bit of a gender gap thing going on we kind of know that in a lot of cases boys can be a lot more comfortable around maths than girls and some of our colleagues work very hard to try and kill off that gender gap how have you found um, delivering this kind of very authentic approach to maths have you have you found that that maths anxiety has been present or or do you do you get the sense that this this can have quite a beneficial effect there I'll be honest, I haven't noticed any um, anxiety around the, the topic of tax in relation to maths. No, what genuinely, um, there hasn't been any concerns in, in that area. Um, and we always, you know, promote HMRC as, as a good employer as well when we're out and about um, and, and talk about the careers that are available while we're in schools as well, because um, we see that as part of our, our role within the community as well. Um, but in, t- in terms of, you know, we do talk them through things like um, checking their pay slips, making sure they, they, they check they're paying the right amount of tax. Um, obviously, this is for the older children, the older age group. Um, you're using the personal tax account um, to check everything's up to date. Um, but so far, so good. We haven't encountered any, any um, hesitancy around the math side of things so far, not to my knowledge. And thinking about those really young ones in the classroom, where, where do you even begin? I know, Amy, when we were on off air, you mentioned that we've got some sort of differentiated resources, really, because the cell is very different to, uh, to, to a five-year-old who I know you've got at home. Yes. So where do you even begin with tax for the little ones? I think, actually, I would pinpoint anybody to go and watch any of the resources and the videos on YouTube, because actually they're really friendly and easy to digest, and they're sort of about one minute 30 two minutes max and you know that it's a 45 minute lesson in total to make it enough so there's enough information that's learnt but not so long that you lose the the imagination and attention of of young people with a five-year-old at home that's you know even harder to to keep focused but things like they talk about oh you know back in the day with saber-toothed tigers and they you know that all of the imagery on screen makes it really fun and again working with the right people to develop the the materials to really hit the age groups has, has been a massive part of that and you know the way that junior tax facts there are specific activities if you've got eight to ten year olds so essentially year five year six sort of age this is what you should be doing and this is what we do and then um for the sort of 11 to 13 early secondary age again it's it's different and we tested all of the materials before we launched them to make sure that they were robust and and they worked and we are constantly seeking feedback both from teachers and people like Heather who are going out into the schools to see if, you know, when we come to refresh again in a few years' time, um, if needs be, then we can make further changes. But the saber-toothed tiger always goes down pretty well as a starting point because it makes it fun and relevant. And again, going back to what um, Heather said about those light bulb moments, it's actually really quickly realising that tax actually impacts all of us without us even realising because that's why those children are sat in that classroom. So immediately it's relatable. Um, and then, you know, the sessions where it's like, what do you want to fund? Um, then they can start to work out what's important to them and makes it relatable. 
So how do schools find out about this? Where do they start? Do they tend to be aware of it and come to you? Do you try and communicate with them? How does that relationship begin? bit of both so we are doing a bit more uh, promotion this year via various different channels which is why we're here today we're really delighted to have the opportunity to reach more schools um, and and teachers with it Um, some might just find it through either gov.uk or it's on um, on TES or National Schools Partnership so there's ways to find it online but also it's people like Heather making introduction to schools so writing to schools using the network to say oh they you know a, a staff member at HMRC might not want to run a session but they can at least promote it to their child's school or their friend their partner their neighbour might be a teacher so we are happy for it to get out there in whichever way possible we're just delighted to to be able to deliver it in schools as much as possible and for our listeners over the border in england this contributes to some kind of some some kind of marker of of authentic learning or something is that right careers correct so there's the gatsby benchmark in england which this if if one of our tax facts ambassadors goes in and delivers a session with a teacher or on their own it goes towards we believe it's number two and number five of the Gatsby benchmark which just helps with their careers program but either way it's such a great way to sort of show what somebody does in a job so you know Heather going in and delivering it this isn't her full-time job Heather you do this as an extra to what you're already doing in HMRC and you can talk about a job you know we have it's such a vast organization so it's opening it up as a potential career for young people as well which is is great and while we don't have that over here in wales we do have a curriculum which uh, explicitly states that we're all teachers of numeracy no matter what our specialism and also calls for authentic context to be used to kind of break down those boundaries between subject disciplines so i guess you're ticking a lot of that off as well absolutely so Question for you, Heather. I would imagine, um, and not wanting to perpetuate any negative views about the topic of tax, <laughs> but um, I would imagine it's a bit of a tough gig, actually, and perhaps there might be a perception that it would be quite dry, difficult to engage young people in. So I'm sure that you would have something to come back <laughs> at me with on, on that front, since you work so closely in, and out in schools doing this. So give us a flavour of what a, what a workshop might be like and how you make this topic engaging. So as I said, there's, there's um, well as Amy said, there's some existing lesson plans which are thoroughly interactive. They come with um, worksheets that the, the activities relate directly to what's on the screen in front of them and then the videos are, are embedded into those as well. So um, they get a chance to talk about what they think and we test their, their level of understanding as well through the activities. And, and you know, especially for the younger children where taxi might think could be quite a dry topic, we make it fun and entertaining with some um, lovely characters and people uh, on the videos as well that hopefully most people would be able to relate to at some level. Um, young, young children themselves actually appear on the resources, which is really nice, and um, which is one of the new factors since it was relaunched as well. I'm curious, Heather, like, how do you begin? Like, what is the what what are the sort of building blocks right at the start with tax when you start to teach about it? I'm very curious. Well, it's really asking them. So, you know, with the older children, we ask them how much tax do you think HMRC collects in a year? And that kind of gets their minds ticking over because it's a, a bigger figure than probably any of them could imagine. Um, and we take it from there. You know, and with the, with the little ones, like I mentioned earlier, it's um, asking them, where do you think the, thing, the money comes from to pay for the things like your school and the hospitals and, um, you know, all those important things that feature us so strongly in our community and make it a community? Uh, how do we all contribute to making it run smoothly? 
And just before I go to Amy, I guess I've got one more question for you as well, Heather. I mean, just, just sitting there thinking about that, we're, we're in the middle of a massive recruitment crisis to the education system, particularly in, in secondary, actually. And it's really interesting to hear that somebody who's in a completely different line of work has volunteered to to go out and kind of get into a room with 30 teenagers. I mean, obviously, Emma and I are very much the converted when it comes to that. But how do you find that? Because, because you know, we find it quite hard to get people to see that as an attractive thing to do with their time. I genuinely love it. I mean, I do have three children of my own, so that was a good starting point. But um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from the very first session I rolled out. I think it was 2015 when I first went out and did it at my, my son's, my uh, youngest son's first school before he was old enough to actually attend a session. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I just loved it. And the teachers were so welcoming and, and so enthusiastic about the topic. Um, and I think they all said they'd learned something too. So, you know, if I can help just a few people, that, that makes it all worthwhile for me. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, Amy, I suppose the time has come to say if uh, one of our listeners out there in a school is absolutely sold on this, how do they get a lovely person like Heather to come into their school and deliver one of these things? Well, um, People can go to gov.uk and just search tax facts and you can download all the resources. And on there, there's a very important email address, uh, which is hmrc.taxeducation at hmrc.gov.uk. And you can email us and we can help facilitate for someone to come out to a school or just help get the resources to a teacher if they wanted to sort of self-serve and run the session themselves. But also all of the resources are downloadable from TES as well. So we want to make it as easy as possible for, for teachers to get access to, to the resources. Thank you both very much. So I think on the back of that discussion, we thought it was time to have a little reflect with someone who knows about these things, because neither of us being maths teachers um, was a bit of a problem. So we've dragged into our studio Cameron Stewart, who is many things, uh, the controversial second voice of Feynman Sam, the (laughs) (laughs) creator of our podcast music, many things, but more importantly, our programme leader for PGC Secondary Maths, who's had a listen to the discussion, and we're going to have a little reflect on what HMRC had for us. So, Cameron... Uh, refreshing to have kids talking about the authentic world of tax <laughs> definitely I mean I, I was listening to uh, the, the previous conversations thinking you know, this this is this is not new the talk about tax and I, I think the kind of we're entering to this new period now of course with the curriculum that I think it's a bit of a myth people think we we us mass teachers we we sit teaching Pythagoras and trigonometry all day I mean that's a, that's a that's a small part of what we do we, we do talk about real life stuff in maths of which tax is is one of those things along with many other financial sort of components of it we that we look at um so we do talk about this, but I, I do think that you know, having these external agencies come in with these fantastic resources, they sound outstanding, I haven't had a chance to, l- to look at them yet, but I certainly will, is, is certainly enriching and something that our teachers do do, although I do feel that it probably is a little bit sporadic at the moment. Yeah, because the new curriculum here in Wales kind of explicitly calls for those authentic contexts for learning and kind of, you know, industry and outside coming into the school and all that, but... I guess schools have got a job of work to put a strategy together to actually make that happen so it's not just kind of randomly happening all around the school. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there is, and I've I've had a good look back at the, you know, progression steps and where kind of tax first comes in. So it does get taught. 
However, m- my thoughts are is it's kind of how it's taught. It's, it's, a, it's a bit like the wider conversation around curriculum for Wales, isn't it? If you just present, and my opinion is, if you just present kids with a you know a calculation on on how you formulate tax, it's it's pretty dry, particularly because they haven't got any experience really of that. But my experience tells me that if you present children with a conundrum of you know, what are your priorities in this world? How do we how do we spend money? And then that calculation that you're going to do around tax supports that conversation and adds weight. Then kids become incredibly engaged and and quite vocal about what they what they feel they want to spend their money on. So, again, for me, not not what's taught, how is taught. Yeah, and I mean, I was saying in the main discussion, it could probably get quite political quite quickly. Oh, I absolutely, <laughs> you could be your own Liz Truss <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that isn't that what we want? I mean, you know, maths is a is a vehicle to to argue, to to reason, to to justify. You know, these are the skills that these as pupils are going to need when they get into the real world. To they're going to be bombarded with figures, stats. Dare I say it on the side of buses, <laughs> and you know they're going to need to make sense of them. Yeah, and Emma did point out in the discussion. You know, we we I guess as non math non math specialists can't imagine getting this conversation going, particularly with the the sort of really young kids that they're obviously dealing with as well. We tend to think of this as being something for the older pupils. But what's the kind of progression on this then? How do you start a conversation with a tiny child in primary school about tax? <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So progression step three. So, you know, if we, for those of you out, outside of Wales, years you, sort of four to six, maybe typically those, those latter primary years, you know, we, we would start talking about income and expenditure and, and maybe some conversations around profit and loss. So they, they would start to understand the idea of we've made some money or we've lost some money. Um, and that, that's probably about as far as we'd go, really, at, at that stage. And you'd get then into progression step four, you know, typically if you want to kind of align it to year seven to nine, potentially. We'd start to think around interest, budgets, maybe some foreign currencies and basic tax. So the idea that you would have to buy something and a proportion 10% or what have you would would come off that and it would it would go into the system so you would start to have those conversations around about that time and i think you would also start to bring in the kind of idea of the of the personal implications the local implications of that and then maybe the global context of of how that fits and maybe comparing I don't know, rates in the UK to, to rates in other countries. You might open up that, that conversation. In terms of sort of getting really deeper into this, it doesn't really happen until progression step five, year, years 10, 11. And that's when you're starting to get into the more financial things such as AER. You know, lots of people don't know about AER, but, you know, it's a really useful tool for comparing um, rates, of course. And then in those years, 10, 11, we would get into income tax um, and understanding the implications of tax uh, in Wales. And we would talk about devolution and and, and how that kind of feeds in. And for me, this ties in with, you know, one of the purposes, obviously, of our curriculum, that ethical informed citizens of Wales and and, and the world. So you do ramp up, but it it really isn't until sort of key, key stage four that you kind of dig into some of the real details of this. 
I can imagine a new teacher being a bit scared about the idea of not only teaching some of this quite complex stu- complex stuff, but then getting into a discussion about the politics and, and oh, all of yeah. that. I mean, do, do they find that an, a, a scary prospect? I and mean, what are your recommendations for a new teacher on how to do that <laughs> without kind of losing the whole lesson and yeah. ending up going around the houses? Personally, when, you know, when I was in the classroom, I would absolutely love that. It's it's the rich context to the mass. I mean, you need to be careful. Of course you do, yeah. <laughs> you know, in any of these conversations that, you know, you're, you're not sort of, uh, you're passing on your political views to, to your students, for example. But I think, a, I think a conversation around this is, I think it's exciting. I think it's, it's what we do as adults, isn't it? You know, if we're, if we're, if we're having a drink on a Friday night with our friends, we would be, we would be talking about this kind of stuff and the implications on our lives, the implications on our community and, and those global implications. So I would encourage it. It needs to be managed, of course. But um, personally, it adds richness to the maths for me. OK, so if somebody's sold on this, particularly, I guess, if they're a relatively new member of the profession and they want to go and do something a bit fresh and a bit interesting... I mean, we've we've had we've had the contact details through from HMRC. You know, we know where they are. But but in terms of being that teacher who makes this happen, facilitates this in a way that's got impact. I mean, what do we think about this? How how would they go about doing such a thing? It's a good question. It needs to be quite strategic. I think. I think you you really need to look at your at your scheme of learning, your, your program of learning, and work out when this kind of input would be most appropriate. So, you know, hearing the conversation previously, it sounds like there are different packs. So when might that input be appropriate? Is that going to be at key stage three, key stage four? And for me, it would be then mapping it against your your curriculum. So, so we know that, you know, in our key stage four curriculum in maths, it would be fantastic to have this input in term two of year 10, for example. So I think it's that strategic overview. And there's so much good stuff out there now, isn't there? It's almost, we've gone past, I need stuff, because you've got it. <laughs> yeah. It's now a job of what's good and where do I put it and working out. So I think for me, as an as a early career teacher or for a head of department, for example, it would be looking at this, these resources and working out, they obviously sound fantastic, working out where it'd have most impact in your, your curriculum and then obviously communicating that to your team and your, and your teachers in your department. And I guess this kind of works as well against that tendency. I know I always found my pupils in secondary, they always wanted to sort of box up knowledge in a in a subject box and never take it anywhere else. You know, if I taught them how to project their voice in music, they wouldn't think to go and use it when they were doing presentations in English or something in drama. And so maybe, I don't know if you have that problem in maths as well, but maybe this is a, a way that the, these outside agencies and their context can help the pupils see that it comes out of your classroom and into the world. I think it's an excellent point, Tom. I, I totally agree. You know, we, we see that in maths as well, that they learn something in science, or they learn something about maybe imperial units in, in D&T or whatever, and, and they just can't make those links across the subject. They, that's D&T, this is maths. And I think, you know, this is an opportunity here, yeah, to, to make those real-life contexts, to, to, to link across subject areas, and to actually make maths real. It's a, it's a really useful skill, a really useful tool to have, and that is going to affect you in your adult life. So um, that's something that we battle with as teachers. Some of our content is quite abstract at times this is a great example of when it's not and actually when it needs to be really really relatable to your real life and i know you're very big on the maths anxiety thing and i i I don't know if anybody knows this but i'm kind of curious as to whether the thing that the kids are really scared of is the abstract stuff and maybe 
having it in terms of credit cards and incomes and, and you know, can I afford this might might almost distract them from the fact that they're scared of it. I don't know. Yeah, there, there is there is certainly a facet of that. Um, for me, and there's, there, there's many drivers for the kind of mass anxiety thing. My biggest one that I see is is the right or wrong thing. You know, it's it's it's, it's right, it's wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm scared to get the answer wrong. There's no grey. So it's better to just not contribute yeah. than to get it wrong. And, you know, maths is, is actually far greater than that. And that's what I'm working with my student teachers now this year is to try and break down those barriers because mass anxiety is very real. I mean, you see it in adults, but obviously it starts very young. You know, so we're talking about, we talked about years four, six. It'll start earlier than that. Those those kind of seeds. So I I I think for me it's it, it's breaking down those barriers of you know math isn't just right or wrong. It's the conversations around it, and this is a great chance to do that. Lovely. Well, thanks for reflecting on that with me. We're going to go back to the discussion that we were having with HMRC because uh, we inflicted the short slots on them. So let's see what they had to bring. Now, you've very kindly prepared for our short slots, and I think it might be best to stick with the topic because I know that your something to try, Heather, um, is something that um, teachers out there might not be aware of that they are able to sort of uh, to do. Do you want to tell us that little tip? Um, yes, of course. Um, so teachers can actually claim for their professional subscriptions um, through HMRC and um, pay a little bit less tax um, to cover some of those um, professional items that they, professional subscriptions rather, that they need to cover. Um, so do get in touch through um, the new app or um, your personal tax account to find out more. And it's important, isn't it, to say that there are a lot of kind of strange middleman agents out there purporting to be the only people that can do this stuff for you. But actually, directly dealing with the HMRC themselves is the way to go there. We do have some um, excellent um, customer service representatives in our contact centres who are always happy to help. Um, so in a lot of instances, you know, you're probably better off coming directly to HMRC in the first instance to see if we can help. Wonderful. Okay, and something interesting, Amy. Well, I have just completed the Netflix series about the Tour de France. So it was last year's tour, I believe. And there are many reasons why I'll never be a professional cyclist. But I've realised the number one is I like having skin on my bones far too much because the number of <laughs> crashes it was like watching a horror film sometimes you just think oh every single time so I mean my fitness my ability to cycle are, are probably the main reasons why I'll never be a professional cyclist but also having skin on my bones is is the number one <laughs> I think right now <laughs> but I recommend watching it it's really an adrenaline thing you know they follow a different team or a different rider on every episode and you get really into it and you want them to win it's really great Thanks, Amy. And from the small screen to the big screen, Heather, you've got a recommendation. <laughs> I have to admit, I've been to see the Barbie movie and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying it like it's a bad thing. I, I don't think you're in the minority. I hear this smash in the box office uh, uh, yes. numbers, aren't they? So I hear, yes, I hear it's been a huge hit with uh, lots of different groups of people, quite <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> Great recommendation. And I, I hear there's a T-shirt uh, coming your way as well. You're a big fan and there's right. a pink T-shirt uh, coming. It's on order for my holidays, yes. <laughs> 
Well, thank you both very much um, for giving us a lot to to think about there and um, and certainly a lot for teachers listening to chew over and consider going forward in their own respective uh, curriculum and locations. Um, we will be back with you in two weeks' time and all that remains is for us to say a very big thank you to you both. Thank you very much for having us. Yes, thank you very much. You've been listening to Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education presented by Emma O'Doher and Tom Breeze. The special guests this episode were Amy Healy and Heather Hughes from HMRC and Cameron Stewart from Cardiff Met. Thanks also to Simon Morrikin from HMRC for setting up the episode. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. You can find us on Twitter at TalkTeachingPod if you want to come and say hello. We'll be back in a fortnight with something else interesting. Until then, take care and enjoy teaching. Enjoy teaching.